exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. did that before oh so you have to go um in so i don't know if you're in full screen zoom right now i'm right now i am okay so if you're in full screen zoom then there should be the bar up at the top that hides and goes away okay and there should be a view option all right let me click this first too and make sure my desktop is shared okay oh well i guess that solved the problem because it put me up in a little corner that's fine yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, let's see. Now we can start the podcast. Let me press some buttons here. Okay. Are we recording? I'm going to slowly drift. Yes, or the thing is rolling. Although we haven't actually started, this wouldn't actually be the podcast. Um, let me go ahead and get some text. And also, I want to do what I did last week for the background because it makes it easier to not mess with. That's too active. I want this beautiful. Too active. <laughs> I want this beautiful sleepy channel. Here we go. Chill songs to research and record a podcast. <laughs> exactly. So let me go into GPT, and I'm going to ask. I want to start a new conversation. <clears throat> I'm not going to create a new voice this time, but let's make it GPT four. Okay. <clears throat> Hello. Oh no, we can't. We can't waste messages because they're only giving us twenty-five every three hours. Still, okay. Rude. <laughs> we are going to start a podcast right now. It is called Reality Issues, and it is hosted today in two parts. Oh, I did also come up with some more day. names for people who could possibly be recorded to, or whose audio we can scrape to be. Um, I was remembering that um, in Reservoir Dogs soundtrack, you have the comedian Stephen Wright doing <gasps> super sounds of the yes. 70s that are all just his voice. Yes, yes, yes. That's so right. I, I was. Think Stephen Wright needs to introduce that's our so podcast easy to do. and be like, and now for our next podcast. 
podcast on K Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s. And then we have our, like our own intro. You know, oh, I love, oh, fuck yes. We're actually, we'll do that next week for sure. Let me go ahead and type this in. Um, uh, actually, what would it be? Reservoir Dogs. I know it's actually on Apple Music. Yeah, no, I did notice now. He does it the, here. On, on Spotify, um, I think the, the Stephen Wright spoken words aren't there oh. but i know that i have a rip of the cd so k billy super sound there we go the settings, <laughs> we can, just keeps on coming with this little yes that reached up to 21 in may of 1970 and this is the song i started my so very first podcast with little green bag mm-hmm. you've heard turn mm-hmm. the beat around but oh although ironically k. super sound <laughs> Ironically, the the Apple Music version of the soundtrack does not have Little Green Bag, but it does have it in. in, It just doesn't have it in the. There we go. There we go. Yeah! Hey!
Okay. Wow. We've actually had a song in the intro of the podcast. That's great. And and here we are. Uh, Kathy. Hello, Kathy. This is Reality Issues. I didn't realize that. I muted myself because I started chuckling at my Twitter timeline. Okay. Well, that's, that's primitive. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and click this button Doesn't right here. I don't that often these days. I'm not usually chuckling at it these days. Yes. Know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to click this button and we're going to see how this works. Upbeat theme music fades in. Well, we Voice over. Welcome to Reality Issues, your go-to source for the latest buzz and all things reality television. Today, we're in for a double treat as we're hosting not just one, but two fantastic episodes. I'm your announcer, and here's what you can expect in today's show. Theme music fades out. Voice over. In part one, join Kathy and Brian as they dive into the wild world of reality TV, discussing the latest twists, turns and drama that keep us all glued to our screens they'll be sharing their insights opinions and maybe even a few spoilers so <laughs> buckle up reality fans you won't want to miss this transition sound effect voiceover <laughs> then in part two transition. michelle and brian take the reins to continue the conversation bringing their unique perspectives on the most recent episodes of your favorite show <laughs> but wait it seems like Brian forgot to watch the latest episode of Seeking Brother Husband. No worries, though. Our hosts will cover that topic later in the show, ensuring you get your full dose of reality TV goodness. Upbeat theme music fades in. Oh, wait, Voice over. So sit back, relax, and get ready to immerse yourself in the world of reality issues, where we dissect, debate, and dish on the most captivating moments from the shows you love. And now, let's kick things off with part one, featuring Kathy and Brian. Enjoy. Theme music fades out. Wow. Thank you, Martin Thank Sheen. Thank you, Martin Sheen. Yes. Yeah, really, really appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule, as always. And, of course, we refer to him by his real name, Ramon Estevez, since we're on first name. Yeah. We're very familiar. Yeah. He visits yeah. us all the time. Have um, you seen I don't call him Ramon because oh. we're on, like, even better oh. terms. Mm -hmm. I call him, like, Pelon or Cabezon. I, like, come up with, like, Sason. I come up with, like, rhyming nicknames oh, okay. for we're, we're really, We're really tight, Martin Sheen and I. Um, Marty, <laughs> as I refer to him in, like, you know, when we're doing table reads, let's say. You know, that's how everyone knows him. It is. It's how it's how uh, I when when I first get that phone call from him and on the Friday morning, before we do our work here together, um, that's what I call him. I I, I say yeah, hey. You know, like like I just go what like sometimes I don't even use his name. I can just recognize his voice and be like, <laughs> what's up, pendejo? And he's like, hey. Yeah, I'll up? be like, where is Emilio? He is he <laughs> is he still coaching the Mighty Ducks? Or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then he'll start talking about, like, no, he's actually, like, living in this seaside town, kind of, you know, hanging out with all the locals, going to all kinds of saxophone concerts. <laughs> I mean, his son is, not him, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I feel like a beachside saxophone concert could be, like, age-appropriate for all generations. <laughs>
Brian, I take it you know that I'm, I mean, I, I also hope our listeners know that I'm referring to the shirtless guy that plays the saxophone in The Lost Boys. Surely you have seen this. I have not seen The Lost Boys. It is one of my films that I do have. Um, I mean, I love all the actors involved. I know a decent amount about the film, but somehow I've never actually seen it. It was like uh, my experience with Blade Runner before I saw Blade Runner like two years ago. It's okay, very well, weird, um, very weird. Okay, well, I'm going to change your life here in just a moment. Um, I have to make sure that I have that I'm sound and all of those things and you know. Um, but now I have to find this thing. Oh, you know, it's funny. Um, for this week, I didn't save any stories or anything, but I have about ten million of them saved from the previous past. So maybe, maybe we'll get to that at some point. Um, have a couple of stories from this week i'm trying to kind of go back in the timeline and find them which is also why i was chuckling at the timeline i do have one here um that i say from a couple weeks ago it's from march 26th it's about an endangered tortoise who's a first-time dad at 90 which i think is kind of on theme with oh. our podcast wow wow yeah um his name oh, did is they do a like did they go on maury yes they did. They went on. In fact, they went on. Um, they went on Montel. In fact, mm. um, mm -hmm. you know, it, uh, Maury had a jam-packed schedule full of uh, people that. Maury is much more sensational. Montel always brought like a human touch, way more compassion, way more like dignity to bring your problems to Montel Williams. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I my uncle was on Montel once. Said he was a nice guy. As Martin oh, Sheen, yes. I couldn't. I just got a voice text from uh, from Martin Sheen. He's telling us about his son Emilio's uh, son well, Emilio enjoying himself at those beachside. Oh yeah. Saxophone oh wait, hold on. Concerts. I found it. Hold on. The sound <laughs> of the uh, saxophone. Yes. In this beachside town where he is living, uh -huh. they, they 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 attended a concert recently, and um, the concert looks like this. Oh, can, can you not see my screen? Oh, wait. No, because I'm screen sharing, so I guess I can't see your screen. Let me stop. Now I can. Oh, okay, okay. Hold on. Let me do that again. Okay, so. Let me make sure my sound is Yeah, sound is sharing. Let me make sure it's coming. This is the beachside town that. Concerts in the park. And this isn't a real. Is this a real city? Because I thought it was Santa Clara was like a real. It is a real city. Oh. I mean, the fictional events of the Lost Boys, the, the vampire movie. So, I mean, also real, you know, so. It's one of the many vampire documentaries created. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know our closing song now.
playing the keyboard. That is that is the famous shirtless saxophonist scene from The Lost Boys, which I am shocked that you have never even seen in meme form. No. I'm sure you've seen it. As Martin Sheen, and now we know. I couldn't be happier to see my son Emilio enjoying himself at those beachside saxophone concerts. The sound of the saxophone, combined with the soothing waves and warm sun, creates a magical atmosphere that brings people together. Seeing Emilio unwind and take time for himself is a real joy. Of course, as a father, I'd be curious to know what sparked this newfound love for saxophone music. I might even join him at a concert or two to share in the experience and perhaps discover a new appreciation for the saxophone myself. After all, spending quality time with my children is one of the greatest pleasures in my life, and I'm always open to exploring. Oh, I just their realized we're doing this all on mic too. Hold on. I don't even have my headphones on. It's fine. No, it's totally it won't matter because the mic picked up all yeah, the we, we haven't lost it. Yeah, no, just, uh, let me see. Hmm. Okay. Well, we've been watching a lot of reality television, of course, because, yes. th I mean, that's 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 the case. Um, I think uh, one of the things I want to watch over the weekend is, again, more in the documentary realm, um, uh, The Passion of the Christ, Happy oh, Easter. Yes, that's right. Today is Good Friday. Today is Good Friday. So it is supposed, you know, so I'm thinking I got to get some Jesus in over the week <laughs> got squeeze jesus in hey. somewhere you gotta fit um i can't remember that what was it you gotta no it's okay i'll come back to me i guarantee in about half an you, hour you gotta leave, you gotta leave some space for jesus that's it. you know that's it. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. yeah no that's uh you know just proper you know <laughs> jesus jesus is claiming his prima nocta ironically whatever. yeah ironically uh, that's that's currently the situation in my relationship although neither of us are christian <laughs> So, oh, no. um, the oldest animal at the Houston Zoo, a radiated tortoise born nearly a century ago, is finally a father. <clears throat> By the way, let me just add this: <clears throat> he is a radiated tortoise, which apparently does not mean radiation. It may mean that he yes. has radial uh, designs. The zoo announced this month that Mr. Pickles and Mrs. Pickles welcomed three tortoise hatchlings, Dill, Gherkin, and Jalapeno. All three names are comfortably in the family of pickle preserves. It was an astounding feat, zoo officials said, not only because Mr. Pickles is 90 years old, but also because the critically endangered species rarely produces offspring. Mr. Pickles has been a resident of the zoo for 36 years and partnered with Miss Pickles, now 53, since her arrival in 1996. While radiated tortoises can live for up to 150 years, exactly how long they can reproduce is unknown, said Jessica Reyes, a zoo spokeswoman. The births were even more improbable because the hatchlings likely wouldn't have survived if a zookeeper had not noticed Mrs. Pickles laying her eggs, the zoo said. The soil in Houston isn't conducive to keeping the burrowed eggs that Madagascar native tortoises lay at the right temperature and humidity, so the keepers moved them into the reptile and amphibian house. The eggs were closely washed and monitored for more than five months as the zookeepers cooled them off in a chiller at about 50 degrees to mimic what would happen in nature before returning them 
to room temperature and eventually placing them in an incubator in the 80s. The new trio would remain behind the scenes in the reptile and amphibian dwelling until they are big enough to join their parents, the zoo said. John Rold, supervisor of herpetology and entomology at the Houston Zoo. That's an interesting combo. You're in charge of turtles and bugs. Just... Wait, say, say, he said herptomology and Herp entomology? Herptomology, herp herpetology, yeah. and okay. entomology. Or is entomology... Oh, I know why. I know why, because you have to know what to feed the reptiles. Oh, and you have to be an expert right? in their food, which would be the bugs. Yeah, right? There you go. That would make sense hey. to me, right? Yeah. Okay, like so we just had to stop and think about it. But no, you're right, because I was like, no, that's weird, but not weird. Okay. I'm, I'm turning your volume up. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Hey, this nice. is better. We're balanced now. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's No, because sure I'm on my headset, so it may just be that. But okay. thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's see. Mr. Pickles was hatched in the 1930s. <laughs> Mr. Pickles. Mr. Pickles was hatched in the 1930s and eventually made his way to Houston in the 1980s after he was collected and traveled throughout Whoa. Europe in the 1950s. This <gasps> is a turtle trafficking. Hold on. Whoa. Well, well, That's fucked up. Yeah, okay, look, I know that they're going to say that like the turtle joined the navy and like saw the world or whatever, but like that's fucked up. That's it fucked is. up. That is turtle turtle trafficking. <laughs> It is unclear how many radiated tortoises remain in the wild. This is a concern, according to the Smithsonian's National Zoo and Conservation Biology. It's, this article had the wrong headline. It should say, yes, right. Turtle has been trafficked, or tortoise has been trafficked for 90 years, gives birth for first Finally time. Finally gives birth to an endangered. They yeah, they, Gen they've probably been fucking <laughs> studying out other radiated turtle there's probably like a whole black market for radiated turtle studs and Gen shit <laughs> Gen living genetic vault mr pickles has finally given birth to another of his species um it is unclear how many radiated tortoises remain in the wild according to the smithsonian's national zoo and conservation biology institute but their numbers are declining and the species could become extinct Despite radiated tortoises being an endangered species, an international treaty protecting them, the animals continue to be in demand on the black market because of the distinctive intricate yellow star pattern on their shells that gives them their name. In Madagascar, or Madagascar, they are sometimes given as wedding gifts. And in what? China, some people will pay about $50 to eat them, which doesn't seem like enough if they're like an endangered species. Yeah, right. Seems like they're just going out more. to eat. Yeah. Um, in uh, 2018, nearly 10,000 of the tortoises were found inside a Madagascar home. What? How is, how how is that physically possible? Ten, over over 10,000 were in one home. I don't know how you can put 10,000 of anything inside of a house, but like sand. Like, what? Sand. 10,000 grains of sand fit neatly in a little... Eight ounce glass, I'm sure, but uh, I think I think even that many Q-tips would take up like at least exactly. one whole shelf in my bathroom. Yeah, right? like 500 <laughs> Q-tips is like you know one of those yeah, like boxes. Ten thousand is you know gonna cover the entire table. But if they're the size yeah. of a, tor a tortoise, even ten thousand baby tortoises could crush a man. So like, <laughs> what? It, what is <laughs> more weight? Yeah, like. <laughs> I just wanna, I'm like Scrooge McDucking to my giant vault of 10,000 tortoises hidden in the back of my house. 
It's like you go into the you go into the like uh, gardening shed and you open the little grate in the floor and you go down and there's like coming a, out of the liquor cabinet. It's like the Breaking Bad Super Lab, but we're growing tortoises in there. They're like crawling in all of the food, and it's not really like a problem, you know. You're just plucking them out of like the it's like, a, it's like a yeah, it's a tortoise infestation. They're just everywhere, crawling on everything, <laughs> crawling all over. The people who live in there, who are like their security, don't even care. They're just covered in. Them. Yeah, they're, they're used to like... it. They're like drinking like a drinking coffee, and it's just like hopping out of the coffee onto the ground. Okay, well, that's the end of the story. They, they don't elaborate on finding 10,000 of them somewhere, saying they're in danger. Or what they did with the 10,000 of them. Then they really easily buried all of the leads here. You feel know? like you could repopulate the entire world's population with the 10,000 they found in that room. But anyway. Okay, so what I there did do is I went to the Wikipedia page of mm -hmm. radiated tortoises, because uh -huh. that's, that's what smart people do, really. Mm -hmm. True. Um, and... Uh, in the reproduction section, I just want to note to all of the Wikipedia perverts out there that there is a picture of turtles doing it. Kathy, I'm horny now. You've said turtles <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it's very strange. <laughs> Have you ever did, did you ever see that that um, that deep cut from the internet of the turtle doing a shoe? <laughs> yes, with the little squeaky sound. <laughs> yeah. For everyone at home. Uh, this is what it might that sound should, like. That, yeah, that should be our transition noise. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that will be our transition noise for sure. And it must be the first image. Yes, here it is. A turtle having sex with a croc? Um, I, I have to ask this. I know that they mentioned Mr. Pickles by name in the article. Yes. Did they mention the name of the other tortoise with whom they mated? Mrs. Pickles. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that like it passed the Bechdel test because I'm here on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I didn't remember hearing Mrs. Pickles, but um, did they mention the names of the turtle children? Um, yes, they did. <laughs> they were jalapeno. They were things that were supposed to be pickled. Um, let me see. <laughs> It is dill, gherkin, and jalapeno. I'm just, you know, I'm just fact-checking the article dill, on Wikipedia. Dill, gherkin, <laughs> and jalapeno. Yes. All three <laughs> names are comfortably in the family of pickle preserves. No, it puts in okay. it Wait, can you hear that? Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me... Can you hear the turtle? Oh, let me stop my screen sharing so I can see yours. Is that what's happening here? Oh. <laughs> no, I was just trying to hear the turtle. Oh, he's squeaking. Don't worry. <laughs> I can still uh -huh. hear it happening, in fact. It's that poor turtle. <laughs> oh, he, he, uh, he gave up. Let's see if we can get... I'm going to crank the volume so everyone at home can hear this turtle <laughs> fucking. No, see, this is a newer one, because this one has a croc. The old classic was, was like, using a Reebok. Oh. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I feel like like we're, oh. we're finding. I feel like we're finding like Wait. like very strange. Turtle versus shoes compilation. Hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. I need Dana Carvey to comment on this controversy. Turtles versus shoes compilation. Why is there so many turtles humping shoes? I, I guess we've just decided to make our our shoes look like turtles. 
Or are they just like, <laughs> I feel like, is this like dogs humping a leg? They like that, that turtle in that, in that last video was being really aggressive and actually chasing after a person wearing a shoe. Not just like a, a random shoe on the ground, which is what most of these are. Yeah, this is a, now we're looking at, uh, like a, like a waterproof boot, maybe. Yeah, some kind of a galosh. Here's another sandal slip-on. We're on like shoe number six, by the way. This is pretty crazy yeah, in a two and like a half a minute Birkenstock. video. Yeah, this is a Birkenstock. Okay, here's, Birkenstock we got like a hiking shoe, maybe. Yeah, that's a hiker. That looks like some kind of a Tiva. They definitely got those at REI. This, uh, this this kind of turtle is sexually attracted. <laughs> they walk into an REI and they just get <laughs> yeah, they just instant boner town. Literally all the old people in Santa Fe too. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, hey, you like going hiking? This place you like those hot springs where we can hang out without clothes? You know what we can do there, <laughs> right? I'm here. care. The answer is jerk off, actually. Yeah, the, the answer is meet me in the Whole Foods parking lot after dark. Around here, it's the public's parking lot, from what I hear. <laughs> oh my god, that's awful. You know, I think maybe the most awful thing, and I really could never, ever bring myself to even try the beer there. The worst thing that ever happened was when Whole Foods took out the Jamba Juice and put in the bar with the beer taps. There Are used you to be a aware Jamba Juice in there? There used to be a Jamba Juice in there. And they ripped out the Jamba Juice and instead they installed all of those tap beers, which like, okay, fine, I get it. Santa but Fe like, there went Santa our Fe. only Jamba Juice in town. So that's one, very upsetting. Two, like, it became like a singles hookup for all of the older Santa Feans who would like go and like they'd sit there with like, ooh, I'm mm -hmm. trying an imported mm -hmm. something or another. And I'm mm -hmm. like, ew. I used to go there every once in a while, not for that purpose, but because I wanted to eat my hot bar food while I had a beer. And it was good. They had great mm -hmm. beers, but it was always like, no, these weird. And then, then they all wanted to talk to you, and yes. I was usually like, because they're old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the old, yeah. Oh my god, same. And it, and was, it was like yeah. just too polite. I did yeah. just not my. Scene. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't communicate with them. I have to like you know say the words that they want to hear in their little wor world. I can't talk about anything I actually want to talk about. So we're not actually having a conversation. Yeah. And so you're sometimes good at that too, like apparently. me pretending to yeah, and but also like pretending to speak Spanish doesn't always work. Oh. They'll be oh yo también estoy oh, practicando, no. and I'm like no, that was the opposite of why I wanted to come here. Well. If you yeah to no be... rip pour one out for the fucking Santa Fe Jamba Juice yo like we really lost a lot that's what they took from us so you know that dude with the fucking eggs and steak plate they're trying to take yes. this from you oh yeah well where's my fucking Jamba Juice I'm gonna go in my likes here real quick I'm gonna do the do the the unimaginable so very upsetting so very upsetting okay so how disappointing was the Trump arraignment. Yes, nothing happened. Nothing happened. I didn't mean, even get a picture. yeah. I mean, he created his fake mugshot, which is also very funny. But um, I think I think the real hilarious part is that yeah, nothing happened. Um, and I think the other sign that 
Twitter really is dying. Yes, it is. Um, because like I feel like I'm interacting with neither less and less that people every day. nor the yeah, and then that and the announcement of the indictment, they were like it was like a flurry of jokes for like 30 minutes and then everyone went back to literally not giving a shit. And I'm not sure that, I mean, I'm sure I think there's like some other psychologies that work like that. It's not as like dramatic or uh, like fulfilling as the uh, let's say him getting COVID, but it's because no, none of the jokesters are here anymore. Anybody who's kind of like, like we're really truly looking at like, the last people leave the mall at nine o'clock. Yeah, I um. Actually, I think it's already past that. I think hmm. we're basically the people hanging outside the mall after it's already closed. Interesting. That might be the case too. But yeah. I, 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 I love witnessing it. I'm, <laughs> I'm here till the end. <laughs> like, I, I, I exactly. Make that clear. Exactly. Here's um a clip of local baseball player. Um, from our local high school team here, uh, playing on the Mets, getting caught on mic, being being salty about how his career is going this season. Make him throw a strike and get on base with a walk. And there's a hard hit ground ball. I can't buy a fucking hit. Nice play there. He says, I can't buy a fucking hit. <laughs> it's true. He's been having a horrible year. He's a great player. He's just been having terrible luck. He's been hitting balls like straight to people like mm. every time. Come, come to New Mexico. Here you can buy many hits, by which I mean hits of weed. And you don't give a fuck. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> so that's great. Um, Didn't Duke Ellis teach us anything? Come on. I found a clip earlier that I did want to play Ellis. in the podcast. Why can't I find it? Yeah, he did many, many hits of Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hits of different kinds of hits. <laughs> If you'd like to go watch that documentary, I'm sure we mentioned it before. But. So good. Yeah, so so good. I, um, I've, I've also been always, always talking up the battered bastards of baseball. I think we still haven't actually chatted about it. No, we should I still watch haven't it. seen it. I need, to, I need to actually watch it. I do have, where is, here it is. So this is a clip that I took yesterday of, um, so there is a new, uh, a new pitch, <laughs> a new pitch no. that a um, baseball player was throwing and it Who was, do you pitch new pitches to? Is there? Um, you okay, only here's pitch, my new pitch. Yes. Is it an elevator pitch? Uh-huh. <laughs> to a pitching coach from a pitcher about pitching. And he's pitching the pitch to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last night I was watching this Braves game, and the pitcher on the other team was playing uh, kind of uh, – he was trying a new pitch. And I should, I should say, when they were announcing the game, they called it a sweeper. They did not call it what it was called on the scoreboard. Now, this is the scoreboard. This is not – this is them shooting the camera off the scoreboard. You can see the people okay. there on the left. So on the big, giant screen at Atlanta on their first home game, which, by the way, they won 7-6 to six, uh, as a walk-off home run. It was fantastic. Amazing game all the way through. But – as uh, Wilson here, as 22nd pitch, he made uh, he made time to go up to someone at the scoreboard and say, "Hey, when I throw this pitch, it used to say unknown throughout other times. It was you know because it is a, a, the computer can detect through ball spin and position and angle like what kind of pitch it is." Whoa! So, so that's kind of cool. So it saw yeah. he threw a four seam fastball in there. I think that was what his like third yeah. or fourth pitch there. But the other pitches he was all throwing 
while they were announcing them being called sweepers, they did not show this until he threw his seventh pitch. He has dubbed his pitch the slutter. And uh, the people on TV didn't know how to react to this, which I will now That's play. an interesting term, slutter. sweeper. Well, I saw that, and I didn't know if I was supposed to say that or not on TV. There's six of the seven up there. <laughs> Five of the six. Oh boy. Hang on there. Watch this. The and that so Watch the look that the, um, the home plate umpire gives the manager tonight. of the Padres. <laughs> Watch the pitch. Watch his pitch. Don't look at what the pitch is called. Just watch his pitch. He said, Watch the game. Eject him. That was me. Thinking he was <laughs> going to be ejected for using bad words for a pitch name. <laughs> yeah. Said, watch the game, not me. <laughs> Sam Hilliard. Third at bat after replacing Harris. One for two. Flips the corner. I still think uh, it's interesting that the sweeper has a different name it's on the old school. Got a lot of names, apparently. <laughs> got a lot of names. <laughs> this is when it's our job, Jeffrey, to keep the train on the track. <laughs> Good luck in doing that in America, fellas. He says. He says on the scoreboard. He says, "Hey, when it's on the scoreboard, it's free game. We can say whatever we want." <laughs> I love it. What a hero. What yeah. a hero. Jeff Frank. What Ford. a hero. I love him. <laughs> yeah, they had a good they had a good sense of humor about it. I, I love um the Braves new Braves announcing team. Uh Chip Carey, who is the grandson of Harry Carey, um, I believe. Oh neat. Uh, neat. moved to Los moves to St. Louis, but replacing him is uh, this new guy, Brandon Godden, I think is his name. He's wonderful. Mm -hmm. He has the perfect tone. He's a newbie, but he's really good. So he must have been practicing, like, I don't know, like a, like in his room for his whole life, like as a <laughs> yeah. baseball announcer. He's fantastic. But he has no, like, previous experience with the MLB as far as I know. And then, uh, yeah, Jeff Francoeur is back. So it's great. It's a great um, announcement. And I then, love that he doesn't have previous MLB experience. Yeah. Like, I imagine he has some previous baseball experience. Yes. He must have Probably done something somewhere. or minor yeah. leagues or something. but. Yeah, it's cool. He's a he's a brand new to to the MLB, so it's kind of fun. You know, I I, I like I feel like this is a a good paradigm shift in talking about baseball, which is that mm. we're not focused on, uh, let's say the players or the teams or even their fucking coaches. That we're like, no, I want to know who the best announcer is, and that's yes. who I'm gonna follow. Like, yes. fuck your RBIs and all that shit. I'm like, who's the best? And commentator. And never thought of it that way. What really. team oh. has the most fun attitudes to follow, or what mm -hmm. team? What teams players? And I, I really do. The reason I fell in love with the Braves and the team has changed. I started watching three years ago, um, but uh, the team has changed quite a bit since even last year. But all the all the players on the team this year, you know, we've had a couple pickups to replace some people that we traded away. The people that we got in exchange were, are arguably even better than the people we traded away. So it's it's pretty cool. Um, we have a couple new guys that we have in reserve for later in the year. I mean, everything's looking great, but the key element that unites them all and something I, it's not just my opinion. I'll say that even 
broadcasters both from the Braves you know network, which they would have that opinion, but also outside recognize how much like everyone like from you know top of the lineup to the bottom all the way down to like you know the newest people everyone's like smiling and laughing and joking like all the time anything they get they they strike out and they're like well shit they have that look on their face like well i'll be up again in a little bit like Mm -hmm. no one like it's it's wild like how stoked they are for the season and they've won you know they're sixth to one so far so that's that's certainly my enjoyment of baseball games right because like i i think i've i think i've mentioned this that like I, I I prefer playing the game mm-hmm. more than anything. Like yeah. like if you, like just even just let's just go hit some dingers. Some like, just let's ding, like just like yeah like let's just go fuck around out there. Yeah. Even just a game of catch even yeah. is like way more enjoyable to me than the thought of like sitting down and watching a game on TV. Like oh, okay. of course I I still will sit down and watch a game on TV, but like if someone were there being like, hey, let's go toss the ball around, I'm like, great, we'll just bring the radio with us and listen to our favorite announcer. Yeah, that's you know? cool. Like, no, I, I, like, I love I love that idea because like when I was a kid, um, even before I really knew too much about baseball, I was using like you know a uh, like a what's the word for it really, like a surveying stick like a surveying stick with one of those flags on the end of it. They used to stick around in the suburbs uh-huh. and say like, this is where a house is going to be built. We're leveling the terrain or whatever. Hitting like, you know, a tiny lime or like a lost yeah. dog tennis ball with like one of those in like an empty lot for me with like four other people. It was like a blast when I was a kid. You know, yeah. Only like two kids people are on goofy. Each team. They, yeah, they play with trash. Yeah. You make yeah, up exactly. rules and yeah, it's fun. And, but I think that's actually the essential enjoyment of baseball is that it's about, you know, even in the, con- in, how about this? The very basics of any game, the goal, without any objective of the game itself taken into consideration, is to contrive a reason for people to get together and have fun. So, yeah, exactly. So no matter what reason you go to the baseball park, whether it's just like me to like, get up close to the players and see them and then kind of like memorize what they look like up close and, and, and just kind of take that experience with you for the rest of the year and be like, wow, I got to see all these players at the spring training games. It's so cool that they're like, I can see them in real life before now they're like blowing up and having this amazing season. Like it's some, it's about like, I don't know. There's like uh, every time you play a game, you invent a community, right? Especially mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Uh, there's not always the same players on the team. There's not always the same um, parks. Those change. The managers change. Everything changes. The attitudes change. Where people are, mm-hmm. it's like uh, I see live sports in a. I had to kind of discover live sports in a backwards way because when I was growing up, I only saw everything through the lens of. Uh, I don't want to say game theory, but through games. Like I saw everything as like a game or how something could be. I don't know. But I would say, by looking at things that way, I thought of live sports and the enjoyment of live sports as something novel every time that a game is on. Mm. So in sort of like, and I'll say, once again, I'll back up to the video games, because for me, it was like thinking about it like a roguelike. Like the enjoyment, the pure enjoyment that you get out of playing a roguelike game is that the basis of it is that the the level changes every time, the designs of what you're doing changes every time. You know, most people probably have an idea what those are by now. But to me, baseball 
is, I mean, football is to a degree, and but, you know, team sports, really, I guess is what it is. It's every mm-hmm. game is a different, new, novel experience. And even if four innings into the game, it looks like it's 8-0, you never know. Because in the yep. eighth inning, the ninth inning, that team could come back. And then you're going to see you, from before you were, might have, may, have, may have been bored. But by the end, you may have seen baseball history. The one time that thing will mm-hmm. ever happen and may mm-hmm. happen for 100 years. Um, and right no, now, it's actually one of the reasons maybe maybe that's, I think, the segue here, too. Right. Or like the connection, rather. Right. Like the way we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to hang outside this fucking abandoned mall. Fuck this. Like, you can't make us leave now. Like, how can we loiter at this thing that's abandoned now? Right. Like, yeah. Um, but it's also why <laughs> I could never like leave a game early. Never. No, I've never left a game. Never. Early. It would, like it would hurt not me inside. Yeah, no, like, um, like, unless, like, I was really, like, actually, I have, like, a different appointment, and yeah. I actually knew this. Practicality. That it, yeah, if it's like that, but if it's just, like, no, we're at the game. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit if we're stuck in traffic for an extra 30 yeah. minutes after this. Like, I don't care about that, like, because what if something happened? And here's a like, tip. And I would, like, the, that's the superstition, too. Like, oh, it happened because I left. <laughs> and here's a tip, too. If you are afraid of the traffic, or no, let's not even say that. Let's say you don't want to hassle with the traffic. The very best way that you're ever going to catch players in person and, like, in just normal dress and maybe ready to sign something is when they're stoked and ready to get back on the bus and leave. And Mm -hmm. so your best chance is to catch the bus out at the parking lot, especially the spring training game where the parking lot is their training fields where where we're parking on the fields. Uh, And the bus is literally on that like home base on the training field. Uh, It's extremely easy to just wait for the half an hour until traffic actually files out. And then just like you get to see everyone and it's incredible. That, That was a very special experience. I got to take part in this year. Um, just because we were like, I don't know, will it happen? And it did. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. There's a, I feel a special connection with baseball this year more than others. Um, just because I've been dedicating a lot of my time to it, but I feel also my literacy Mm -hmm. of the game at large has increased like tenfold in the last like few months. Just, um, I don't know. I feel like my interest level has allowed me to dive deeper. I'm not like looking in the stats and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but I feel like this year, three years into like heavily watching baseball, everything clicks. I got all the rules. I can call when things are going to like going like I can now call whether or not something's going to like be uh, like a fly out or like, you know, a sack fly or something like based on bat trajectory. <laughs> like I can see like from the crack and I can see the ball. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, that's obviously going to be an instant out. Like um, so, yeah, I, I can. I, yeah, can... See, I can't tell that, but I can tell. When is the best time to go to the concession stand and get another hot dog? Uh, mm-hmm. The third. You want to go in the middle of the third inning. Show up, get your seat, wait, wait till the middle of the third inning, the uh, like after the top is over. Then everyone has already sat down. That it's your time. That's my suggestion. That's what I do. And I, I think I think my my suggestion to our listeners would be, if you don't know anything about baseball, good. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. like like I I want to also like, like I as someone who like doesn't give a shit about any yeah. of those things. Right. Like, I, like, I mean, and I do that. like, you know, yeah, you can totally because I, I like to the community part. That was what I felt like. like uh, well, maybe not my community, but a community that was like this really weird feeling when I went to Wrigley to Wrigley in, in Chicago. 
right? So like I had gone and I had asked one of my friends who was actually a White Sox fan. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. I have to ask this of you. I know that we should be going to go see the White Sox. I'm like, but I want to see Wrigley Stadium. Like I want to see like this place that's like, yeah, like I have to see yeah. it. Yeah, like I have to get a hot dog and a beer there. Like, how am I not going to do that? I'm like, so please forgive me, I said to my friend, you know, <laughs> but that's exactly what we did. Like, I met him there after work, like we or after his work. I was like on vacation in Chicago, essentially. But like, so like, we get there and I'm like, thank you so much. I can't wait to buy buy his hot dogs and beers. And I like the entire time I was walking around like I was at Disneyland. I was like, oh, wow, look yeah. at this. It's historic concrete and shit. You know, yeah. like, and I, I know for know. real, like when I I had that experience when I went to Fenway in 2009, which I think was the last time I was there. I had that experience when I went to the old Mets and Yankees um, stadiums the years that either both mm-hmm. of those were going to be destroyed. And um, and then you get the feeling when you walk into the new one and you're like, holy shit, this place is like the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like it's like being in a space shuttle everywhere, the whole thing. It's crazy. There's screens. There's mm-hmm. food. There's like sushi. Like, <laughs> dude, Giant Stadium in San Francisco. I don't. I think it's like AT and T still. I don't know what it they called AT&T, it now. Yeah, I think. So, um, and we'll get to the naming rights here in a moment. Yes. Um, oh, I, I have something about com Staples Center. Oh my God. Anyway, FTX so, Arena. I have a thing about FTX Arena, by the way, that I saw this week. But continue. Yes. Oh my God. So, but like, like Giant Stadium is like gorgeous because like you're right up against the water. Like, depending on where you're seated, you can see all of the kayakers who are just outside of the stadium who wait there to catch all of the, like, foul yeah. balls and I home saw, runs that are out there. I saw gorgeous. Matt Olson. I saw Matt Olson of the Braves hit their record longest home run ever out of the park, past the people with the fucking canoe yes. or uh, kayaks. kayaks. They had to yes. go out and get it. They had to, like, go farther out and get it. It was it was awesome. It was, it was the very end of last season on Friday night. It was on the Apple because Apple does Friday night baseball now. They do two games on Friday. So if you have Apple TV Plus, you can see these games. But they do and And if you're like me, you can use pirate sites <coughs> that I won't mention here. <coughs> yes, don't. Oh, you can. I, I don't know. We, we, I mean, I... we do all kinds of illegal shit. <laughs> we play copyrighted <laughs> material all the time. Just don't tell anyone. Well, um, It's all parody redacted. Parody redacted. Uh, it is parody. Actually, it is protected. But Yeah, no. I mean, we are... Truly making fun of everything we're encountering yes. here. And we don't charge money for anything, which makes it extra legal. Yeah. <laughs> so sportsurge.net is definitely the place you want to go to if you are a casual viewer and have not like subscribed to one of these baseball yes. uh, websites, right? Because yeah. if you are like one of those folks who like has subscribed to MLB.com, it's probably worth it because you get like all of this like behind the scenes yeah. shit and, and like app, all of this other shit. Really good. Yeah. The app is the best of any streaming app. Their app is the best. And, and I've been talking about sports apps. It's better than Netflix and all those things, the way it's organized, how quickly things like instantly pop up. It's really, really snappy. And by the way, friend of the show uh, does work for them. Um, it's really, well, I, I can't say, but I do have a friend of no, the show who say. works for them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fantastic. They Maybe do, they're listening. Yeah. Yeah, they do great. They, they all do, do great, great work, work over there. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Something else about that company, MLB Advanced Media, that actually they are copyrighted at the end of all these broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know that they actually, like, are responsible for HBO's entire online offering? They are actually, they run 
the streaming service for, services for HBO and like create the trailers and stuff. Isn't that <laughs> insane? That's why. Yeah. MLB Advanced Media changed their might have even changed the name to MLB AM to like remove. Either way, but it's it's fascinating. They have some kind of uh, connection there, but uh, I just remember well, hearing that through the grapevine. Um, okay, so yes. to the naming rights. Yes. So we were talking earlier this week online about how something came up. I don't remember what what ridiculous tweet we were talking about, but. I noticed that Dodger Stadium was one of the only uh, Major League Baseball uh, fields where they were actually named for the team. And then we had like some kind of back and forth with a few other uh, friends online about other places that were named for the teams. And like what that meant for us, like kind of like a point of pride, like something about like not selling out maybe like it was there was like just kind of even a funny thought to have about something as corporate as major league baseball, right? Like what, like what the fuck does that mean? The Dodgers didn't sell the stupidest statement any of us could ever make. Right. But, um, something about like team pride, right? Yes. So, um, it's like, like I, I, I never, ever, ever could call it the Staples center. Um, I would just say we're going downtown to watch the Lakers play. Yes, exactly. No, and it's the same thing. Like, I wouldn't say I'm going to Truist Park. I would say I'm going to see the Braves. Or I'd say mm-hmm. I'm going to the Battery, which is actually what they mm-hmm. called the entire little part of town where they built, like, Braves mm-hmm. country there, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, like, the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles. I don't even like saying like, the Braves. I... <laughs> when possible, I say Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I feel like we're only about two or three years away from that name not even being what they're called. Not so. being a thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, it's really strange to kind of think about how, um, like, like why like why were they even giving away the naming rights and, like, where that came from? And I was like, oh, this is probably because somebody named a fucking museum for themselves, the Guggenheim and shit. So there's some, like, big dick energy, or so they believe, I guess, to be able to say the Lakers play at Staples Center. But it's like... I feel like it never had any real influence on me. I never decided to go buy Staples versus Office Depot. And it was so funny because I think like Staples went out of business, didn't it? And it was still called the Staples Center. I'm not actually sure of that timeline. Staples. Staples. I remember seeing that Staples unveiling video of their new logo, which was about as, like, insane to me. It was like a schizophrenic, psychedelic dream, like that Pepsi design guide. Hold on, Staples? Staples Staples.com. can't believe I'm doing this. So Staples bought Office Max, Office Depot, or the other way around. And they they preserved, but they preserved their branding, if I remember correctly. I'm trying okay. to figure this. I'm trying to figure this. I'm gonna go to the Wikipedia. Anyway, so right. like, Keep going. but like I I couldn't like if I if you asked me about Shaquille O'Neal and we started doing free association, I don't think I would ever land on Staples. Okay, you know the American government did its job. Staples was blocked from buying Office Depot and Office Max due to uh, consolidation, uh, antitrust. There we go. Why do they give a shit about where I'm getting? printer ink and well, highlighters they don't give a fuck about like i don't know surveillance or, well, or uh, 
how about media. This? Let me ask you this. If there was three office supply companies previously and they let Office Depot buy Office Max and now there's only two office supply companies left, why is two okay where three was like, oh, we can, we can get rid of the third one? Like, why? Is, and one is bad, but no. Like, anyway. <laughs> Antitrust mm. laws. Weird. I'll, I'll, what you, so here, weird. Here's what you really do, okay? Here's what you really do. If the CEO, you have stock in the companies, you split them up into different companies, then you personally profit from all of them, but they can still grow and your personal wealth increases. There you go. Look at your face. Look at your face. Well, okay, what so what there was the do. thing about the... The SBX or the FTX. Or oh, the... yeah. So here's the thing. I was driving around the other day, and this is a license plate that previously existed because until last year, FTX Arena in Miami, Florida was known as American Airlines Arena. And then okay. FTX became a thing in 2019, and it's in 2020 or 2021, either way. They changed the name to FTX Arena. And now, yesterday, I was driving around uh, behind someone in the car, I can't even find an image of this on Google Images, but I was driving behind someone where it said FTX Arena on the license plate. And I was thinking, there is such a small window that that could have even been made. And I guarantee it's no longer even made. Because here in Florida, if people don't know, we don't have like one license plate. We do have a main license plate they use in movies and stuff. But in reality, if you drive around in Florida, you'll notice that almost every single car has a different license plate because there are mm -hmm. literally, I think, over 300 mm -hmm. different license plates to choose from. Mm -hmm. So, so we don't have that many, but New Mexico has something similar. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. like the three main plates in New Mexico are the yellow one, the turquoise one, and the black one. And then you have like a few other dozen ones that also like give money to something else. So we have like a farm heritage one. We have a like great outdoors one. We have like a science and history one and you know, whatever. Like and they're all they're all different themes. So very similar. The the iconic New Mexico plate that people think of is not our only one. Yeah, I like the black one with the peppers. And I like Yeah, that's the one I have. Okay, cause... cool. And I like the turquoise yeah. one too. Like mm -hmm. I um just got the one that you know the car dealership gave me at the time. Pray for my car. It's current. I, I say pray for my car. It's just that it's at its annual maintenance type of a thing. And oh. it's like, you know, but I always pray for my vehicle because as I'm a Californian, I'm very attached to the. <laughs> oh, yeah. How long? How about this, Kathy? I don't know if you don't have to reveal. I don't know if it matters. Mm -hmm. to you. It, it's probably just a fun thing to say. Yeah. Uh, so you still have your same car from L.A.? No. Oh. Um, no, I don't. But I, but I, I used to, I used to drive a Jeep That's Cherokee. Okay. That's what I was yeah, what I used your to drive a... experience in LA was like. In, in California, I drove a Jeep Cherokee, a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I love uh, those cars. Yeah. Yeah, those oh, they were cool. so good. They, they had like a lot of electrical cars. problems, as Jeeps do. Yeah, mine was like a early. No, it was like a. It was a ninety-seven. I don't fucking ninety-eight. I don't remember ninety. I, I was it was a 98 or 99 or something the white i don't remember ones my, i love them in white they're so beautiful. god they were just so they're just beautiful cars yeah. and so um i really enjoyed them for college because i was in santa fe so it was like we're good to fucking go driving so i actually had it while i was in college for a couple years not the entire time i was here um i didn't really have a car while i was here in santa fe in college because I, I didn't need to yeah i didn't have a car for the first three years i lived in santa fe and i was fine i got around they just yeah. use uber every once in a while mostly just walked or rode my yeah we speed. didn't have uber back then like in, in the olden times yeah, in the right, before right. times yeah, that's true. 
but um but it was walkable and there were like little buses that I guess kind of got you around and if you're a college student it was like good enough right I wasn't yeah. like trying to get to work exactly I worked on campus so it didn't matter but oh. anyway not the point right like the point being that uh I, I do love my vehicles, though. Like, I always took good care of them. They were always oh. washed. They were always clean. They were I really like, appreciate that. Yeah, no. So they have names. They, they have personalities, I think. I love um, that. I, and I think it was, like, because I would, in California in particular, I would spend a lot of time in my car. I would commute a lot. In Santa Fe, I don't really drive very much. I'm only in yeah. the car, like, maybe 10 minutes out of the day, basically, you yeah. know? So... It just sits there otherwise. And so that's a very different feeling too. And so like, because it just sits there and I don't use it, I find myself actually neglecting my car here more than I did when I was in California. Cause in California, I was like very aware of how it needed to be in tip top condition. Cause I didn't want to get like stranded in Santa Monica, even if I had AAA, like the concept of trying to get from there back home was like, I would rather just fall down and die yeah I like, and just just be dead like just to know that sounds I, better actually. have i ever mentioned uh, i took a trip across the country once from here all the way out to i think monterey was as far as i got whoa that's cool in my uh it was back when i used to have a nicer job and i had a nicer car um but it was um it was a fun little experience but i got to drive around i lived in this um small little I want to say like a guest house or I don't know if you call it like a bungalow because I don't live in the area, but like uh -huh. yeah, I lived there for two weeks. It was on the corner. I could actually show it to you on Google Maps. Hold on. Anyway. It was probably a little bungalow. It was in West Hollywood. That's what, they call it, that's what they call them in California instead of a casita. <laughs> that's right. The casita laws that we, you know, <laughs> there's like a whole deal with that, isn't there, going on? Yeah. Still, People are always sure. fighting about the accessory dwelling units. The ADUs, as they are known nationwide. Yeah, here it's actually a big deal here too. They have to be permanently attached. Like we're allowed to have mm -hmm. them, but they have to share a roof, which is weird. They have to have hmm. so they have to be connected by a breezeway, which means a lot of configurations can be pretty long. These breezeways, yeah. but it's kind of interesting. It just means like basically yeah. architecturally, they're making a choice. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh huh. Um, it makes if you look at the, for example, even like my parents' property from google maps it looks like one like one giant mm -hmm. house because it's actually three different pieces of like building can chunk by. chunk chunk yeah. yeah it's very it's interesting um breezeways so here i was let's see here it is i oh, know that was you know it's right by the rfd right in here somewhere let's see it should oh i used to actually have it here it is like right here i do yeah. Oh, this is where I stayed. Eight fifteen. I lived here for two weeks, um, and uh, basically just like went on Twitter and talked to people, and then got like restaurant recommendations and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. Right. Well, you were right by Okie Dog, so that, that that's that's where I was, and I lived in wherever this. So in this backyard. Oh no, I guess it would have been that here. backyard. This uh -huh. would have been in this. <laughs> yeah, that I would have been inside this little box. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it was a blast. I had a great time pretending, pretending to live in. Yeah, that's it. I had a great mm -hmm. time pretending to live in uh, this little building right here. I had a great time pretending to live in LA for two weeks, and then I went on to uh, Monterey, and then eventually I turned around back from there. My dad flew out there, and then we drove all the way back. 
Well, so that's I got a to, great I trip. I got to have an experience a cross-country road trip with my dad, except it was just driving home. But Yeah, was, right. But still, like, it was that's, fun. That's, that's lovely. A five-day, 3,500-mile no, uh, journey. It's fucking Yeah, insane. no, we're planning a, uh, a an epic road trip of our own. Cool. Uh, we want to do Route 66. Oh, yeah. So, so that's really exciting. We're going to start. It's in town. Yeah. Yeah. No, so we want to do it in chunks because, like, you know, like, you know, so we'll probably, yeah. I think we'll use, like, here, um, New Mexico is, like, our home base, you know, like, and then we'll go, like, the short one we'll do, like, in, like, two weeks, and then, like, the long one we'll do in, like, a much longer period of time. I don't know. We'll fucking figure it out. Because it really just, go, it goes through Santa Fe, at least a couple of the different versions. One went through Santa Fe. One version of Route 66 went through Santa Fe. The other version went through Albuquerque. Oh, um, okay. They were different or something like that. I don't remember like the exact Like an old path. Route 66 and a new Route 66 or something like that? Yeah, and both of them are defunct now. <laughs> they, they both, neither of them are real anymore. Oh, okay. But for a little moment, they were different also. They went through, they, they had different tracks. Um, Interesting. But yeah, so that'll be exciting. Um, I'm really excited because like, like, uh, I've been to the terminus at um, Santa Monica because, like, everybody could go there. It was just like right there. It was the beach, you know. But do you know where it was? Well, no, no, everyone, no, you're wrong. This is a podcast. This is a. It's not a visual medium. People cannot see me point at a map and be like, "Can you show me where on the map Route 66 is?" <laughs> so no, I'll I'll spare everyone at home that. Um, anyway yeah yeah so i'm really that's exciting i really like that i like that you're doing that that's really fun i'm looking forward to documenting it because i like i want to like i want to hey you down 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 i see the dog looking at the pizza from yesterday uh my dog (laughs) that is what was happening my dog has done some some wild things uh this week um i think i might have to give her a bath later Oh no! <laughs> I was thinking about giving this little monster a bath too, but he's fine. He doesn't need a bath. He just—I was like, I think he deserves a bath. <laughs> 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 I—I did. I—I—I—I I, I lightly sprayed her with the hose yesterday. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I think what you're doing might be might be not great. Not good. <laughs> you might have to get a little, just a little. Just a little bit wet, just to understand. That's why you got the little gun. She got a little little bit bit. wet, and she didn't even, she wasn't even phased by it. So I was like, oh, no, this won't work. This isn't like, I think she likes it, too. This is (laughs) not helpful. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe the spray bottle. The spray bottle, they're really annoyed by that. Because it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like, because it's like it gets in their (laughs) eyes. They're not ready for it. They don't know what's happening. I have to say, I'm sorry, but I own a dog, and I'm allowed to say this. That's funny. It's, no, it's, it's cool. funny when a dog we're trying goes, to find, Yeah, and we're trying to find, like, you know, non-harmful and work. or painful ways. It's hard work taking care of a dog. Like People just... think, like, and joke like it's not. And if you, if you don't think it's hard work taking care of your dog, you're not taking good care of your dog. I'll say that, too. That's oh, true. Yeah. Not to judge you, uh, theoretical person listening to this, because I know you're not listening <laughs> to this. I know that if everyone listening to this takes very good care of their dog. Yeah. No, we're all trying. We're all doing our best. They're just monsters. They're monsters in a different way that cats are monsters. 
these ones are like trying to uh, eat everything in sight while you're not looking is I think really the bit. I think the dog forgot for a moment um, that uh, that I was here and that the pizza was at hand. My dog is currently asleep in my bed and has been this entire thing. So, um, <laughs> you lucky you. <laughs> and no, last week she was on on camera. I think. Yes. Uh, Fenway Park, home of the Boston Red Sox. These are all the non-sponsored. Oh. There are six. So right? only six. Mm-hmm. Fenway Park. Of course, we know the Red Sox. Wrigley mm-hmm. Field, we just discussed. Cubs. Mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium, uh, obviously. Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. also obvious. Oriole Park. Uh, if you didn't know, the, oh, the Orioles are a baseball team. And the MLB. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They're legendarily, <laughs> legendarily the worst team. You know, right above the A's. Next to the A's, let's say. Kauffman Stadium, home of the Kansas City Royals. And that I did not know. And I also huh. would, wouldn't have – I would have assumed Kauffman, if I would have seen that today, I would have assumed Kauffman was like an oil company or something. Not that Kauffman I is. mean, I would – yeah, I don't know who that is. I don't know let's, who let's Kauffman see. is. Tell me But I would assume that it's like a, a famous mayor of Kansas City, maybe a governor of whatever – Kauffman Stadium, home of the Kansas City Royals, is named in honor of Ewing M. Kauffman, the original owner of the team. The stadium opened in 1973 as a Royal Stadium. It was later renamed in 1993 to Otter Kauffman, who passed away that same year. Ewing Kauffman was a successful businessman, philanthropist, and the founder of the Marion Laboratories, a pharmaceutical company. Kaufman's ownership of the Royals was marked by his dedication to the team and the Kansas City community. Under his leadership, the team experienced significant success, including a World Series championship in 1985. The stadium, known for its distinctive crown-shaped scoreboard, still remains to this day, and fountains in the outfield remains one of the few Major League Baseball stadiums with a non-corporate name, reflecting the legacy and contributions of Ewing Kaufman to the team and the city. That's beautiful. Good job, Kansas City Royals. Mad respect. Mad respect for that. How the city of owns there you go. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, let someone read this for us in a minute here. Um, but was there anything else you wanted to cover today? Mm. I'm glad that we got to baseball. I'm really glad. Mm-hmm. And we will cover mm-hmm. more baseball throughout the season. I'm sure mm-hmm. it'll be unavoidable. So, um, <laughs> cause I'll just start talking about it. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Or? No, I mean, let me see. Reality wise, I've just been oh, yeah, kind I, I... of chugging along. There hasn't been anything too new. Nothing really stood out for me this week. I think beyond, the like how womp womp all of the Trump news was this week. And I say womp womp because it was like, I don't know. It was just kind of like paperwork, you know, like, and I knew it was paperwork, but I I don't know. It's, I wanted content. I wanted something funny. Yeah, there it, wasn't much funny. No, nothing even really came out about, and even like the protests outside, like pro and against, they're just the same ones we've seen before, and they weren't even allowed mm-hmm. to even interact. They were put it separated on different sides of the street, which is also interesting. Because mm-hmm. how do you actually like know the loyalties of the people there? They could easily just stand there saying nothing and then be on the other side. That none of mm-hmm. that ever made any sense to me. No, um, it never has. It never. It doesn't make any sense. And also, you could also just be a person there who's not technically on any either side. You're observing or just like 
whatever. Uh, pro, that it's, most <laughs> another time, another time. Mm-hmm. I have I have a lot yeah. I think about protesting that has nothing to do. Oh, with I have a lot to say about it too. Who organizes it and. The, I'm talking specifically about the people without good intentions or bad actors, not the people who are just mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. doing it to do it. You know, that's different. That's mm-hmm. a different thing than mm-hmm. the people who are. But I think, and it's not what you've heard before. And I bet you, Kathy, already knows what I'm thinking. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, what it was December is the next time we're actually going to hear anything about that, and then technically mm-hmm. April next year is actually mm-hmm. when things will. Pick up so wow we basically like got here and they gave us the teaser trailer for like coming next year it was like the infinity war yeah it's like he's collecting yeah. all the the power gems all of the horcruxes what was the what was the obama chaos emeralds we already did no we already yeah. used, we already yeah, used no, that we, we already used it for a title for the chaos emeralds we already Tell us what would happen. No, you know what? That's who should be reading to us next week. Um, oh. the, um, <laughs> maybe Obama <laughs> can tell us about the chaos emeralds in his own voice. Fuck. Of course, I just we gotta wanted be to like. Fun. I just wanted to like scream laughing. So I'm, I'm very. Yeah. I'm glad that. Okay. So Stephen Wright and Obama. Stephen Wright. Who will be introducing our show, and then Obama, who will be telling us about his experience. You know, and um, also, I with think the Chaos Emeralds. if I had to guess, I think Stephen Wright probably has a comedy album that we could look up and use for audio. If oh, sure. On that. So Stephen yeah. Wright, and then we're going to do Obama, uh, Chaos Emeralds. Now, I also have one, and I'll prepare these before we mm-hmm. do our thing. So we, that was just like a one-time thing in the episode. But um what Obama am I using? Because, you know, there's, the man had so many different voices, and there was so many different things I can pull from his audiobooks and stuff like that. What tone do you want? Do you want speech tone? Do you want I'm reading a book to kids tone? Do you want – because those are all different voices. Or do you want, like – I feel like there, there might be – yeah, I feel like there might be a more conversational Obama interview. And what, um, where do you think like that the isn't... source – do you think like a six, 60 minutes interviews? Or um, there might be some, yeah, like maybe there might be like a yeah, like a Barbara Walters interview or something like after the presidency, like like well ah, after, right? Post like presidency Obama voice. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. that's what we want. Where it's really like yeah, where he's you know maybe talking about his new playlist or his top ten books of the year, you know, like something where he's like. Or oh 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 wasn't there one where he was um with LeBron on, on the barbershop show that LeBron has? What's that uh, show called? Shop. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, I think yeah, that one. With LeBron, right? I think it's just like that's what okay, it's called. I'm gonna or type something. that in. Yeah, it's it's called like the shop with LeBron, I think. Now that the the challenge with that one, that one might have a lot of background noise, but either way, I think laughing. the point yeah, the point being is that I think it should be can... post Post presidency Obama, yeah. he he does lighten up a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems he has come to terms with his war crimes, not so I much haunting see. at night. You know, uh, so yeah. no, he still smokes cigarettes too, which is cool. I mean, that's something. <laughs> I 
I meant that in the most ironic I'm, I'm, way I'm possible. All, I'm gonna oh yeah no I'm gonna always always struggle with having a good word to say about any American president. Oh yeah, um, no, that's that's. Uh, I'm actually considering the no voting route, <laughs> Kathy. I really am. I'm thinking about like just consciously not voting forever for the rest of my life. You know what? Since I think that election. by itself would be a fabulous topic for one of our convos. Okay, I'm just gonna write that down too. Mm-hmm. Because I'll say this, I know enough to know enough to know enough to read between the lines and do all these things and up and down and whatever. And at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter because I think that um, I don't trust anyone who wants to seek office, personally speaking. And thus, my vote is best spent not voting. Because I, so... I, I just simply can't trust almost anyone. For anyone who doesn't understand this, I... I have just in this year of doing a podcast learned to basically kind of trust Kathy. And believe me, Kathy is a completely trustable person. She is. It's nothing on her fault. It's because I don't trust anyone ever, like mm. at all. So, like, I definitely Truer words don't from trust... Fox Mulder were never spoken. I definitely honestly. trust no one. Yes, exactly. I've been thinking about trust no one specifically, like, since I've been watching those early episodes lately. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, politicians, no. They have too many. Uh, for, I'm just saying, for my personal understanding of the world and how much I can know, and guarantee that my vote will make a specific impact. There's no way that I can never know enough information that isn't about their platform or whatever, about them individually as a person, that I haven't already judged about other people and determined my vote not worthy for them. There's no way that you can ever like run a private detective on every politician I would ever vote for and know all these things about them. And so therefore, I find them all to be morally dubious individuals at large because I find I personally find that seeking office requires a certain personality that is mm-hmm. detestable. And uh, so I, I, I just don't think I can vote for someone. I'll vote for issues, uh, an amendment to a constitution maybe or something like that, throwing the constitution in the fucking garbage and laying on a fire. Yes, I'll vote for that. Individual persons, probably not. I just don't think I can do that. But so uh, we can, I think we can the, talk about that more. Well, we will absolutely, because the only place where I think I'm going to encourage you to vote nonetheless, yes. and you know what I'm going to say. And I already are at your local election. Agree to it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, but we'll get and into that in the podcast I, I either way. No, of course. No, I mean, we're you're probably going to experience um, not voting guilt. Um, and we can work through that because okay. I, I feel like I've birthed people through this process. Now, I myself tend to usually vote. There have been a few elections I haven't done so in, mostly because I was like, God help me. I was busy and could not actually get to the polls in time. Um, but I've had friends who are like really struggling with not voting. And I'm like, yes. no, you don't, it's you guilt don't have that holds to. Me back. Guilt is yeah. what holds me back. So we'll we'll go through like a birthing process okay. because it is what it's like. It's like it's like an ego death, but yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good one when you realize that they don't matter well, except that's, when that's they the thing. do. That's the thing. That's, that's the thing the about thing. life, Kathy. Is life is entirely pointless except for the point that you imbue in it yourself. And yeah. And once you discover that in that little meta state there, before you determine what those things are for yourself, you completely lose your fucking mind and you oh, it's gonna be amazing select 11 different things that aren't the things that you want and then you cancel them all out and you select a couple different ones and maybe one of those things is the one you actually like yeah oh yeah oh yeah we'll get there I, this is gonna be great so i have a big i've written on the back of my pad i literally 
I uh, wrote, there we go. You can see all my notes I've taken today <laughs> on the cardboard of my legal pad. Stephen Wright, Obama Chaos Emeralds. I'm going to pull from the LeBron Shopper interview, and we're going to talk about um, how uh, Kathy's going to talk me down from my guilt ledge of not mm -hmm. voting for uh, statewide politicians or national politicians. So, Brian, yes. before I log off, yes. I wanted to say to our, our listeners, like, don't worry. Yes. There is a part two coming to this yes. part of the That's true. podcast. Please don't hang up your phone. Yeah, <laughs> that phone, although whatever you're doing, I am I leaving <laughs> after I have I, I have an appointment. Yes. Um, I actually have to go to the museum today because um, we are helping to host an, 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 a lecture at a local museum. So I have to go do a walkthrough of Site Santa Fe. Oh, wow. Okay, well, there's that one. Have you yeah. been there lately? Have you been there lately? Not lately, actually. I haven't, okay. I haven't been in there since think, before the pandemic. Tell me so. what you think about the big empty room with the video screen in the back of it. Oakley dokely. No, I'm really excited to go see it because that may be where big our... Old, okay, you'll, you'll know what room I'm talking about. Okay. Because there's windows to the outside. There's, like, doors that open to the outside. They're in a little atrium area. But okay. just it, uh, last time I was there... They had like some student films or like, I don't know, like uh -huh. low rent kind of indie, indie local film. Just tell me what you think about. See if you see anything that I saw and if it takes okay. any of your interest. If it doesn't, maybe okay. maybe they have a different exhibit there. Who knows? Okay. Well, I will, I will be documenting it. And I'll tell it you what I, I... What about what I saw? I have, I have, I'm doing like event planning for for Ooh. that space a little bit. Oh, so okay. uh, not me directly, but oh. I'll be telling people like we need this over here and that over there. <laughs> and then they're the ones who do it. So I really I really like this well, role at the moment because I get to do shit like that. Kathy, <laughs> as someone anyway. who spent an extensive amount of time very close to someone who did event planning in Santa Fe for many years, I can say the more that you do that, the more that you're going to learn about Santa Fe and the more that you might not like it anymore. <laughs> Oh no! Don't worry. I already know part okay. of it. Like I have to like I have to put on a cute right. outfit. Don't, yeah. I, I'm like an yeah. undercover, you know, like undercover boss. I'm like undercover worker. It's a like real crime am, that so. we were never friends when I was in Santa Fe, Kathy. I feel like you we could have benefited but from I am friendship certain, quite a bit. Brian, I am certain that we were at the same restaurant. Oh yeah. We were probably at the same parties, and I guarantee I we were at a bunch of the same events. Guaranteed. There's no ever, way okay, we weren't. Did you ever go to the Taos Music Festival, the Meow Wolf one that had like country no, and like EDM I, artists? I, I the same one. To, no, but I went to one that was like just something else. Anyway, we'll talk about Another it later because I gotta yeah. go. You but gotta go. Um, I think our second song should be mm -hmm. yes. uh, something else from the Reservoir Dog soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just encourage everyone. I just want to say about Reservoir Dogs, um, definitely. The movie that made me feel okay for hating cops. You know what? We'll talk about that another time too. Kathy knows what okay. I'm talking about, but we'll pick that up at another time. <laughs> Bye, Kathy. Bye. Bye. Everyone else at home, uh, we will continue in a minute. I'm going to press stop because it's going to be a little bit, but Michelle will be back with us. Hooray! Joe Egan and Jerry Rafferty were a duo known as Steeler's Wheel when they recorded this, this uh, Dylan-esque pop bubblegum favorite from April of 1974. That reached up to number five as K. Billy Super Sounds of the 70s continues. Thank you, Stephen Wright. So, let me tell you a little story. 
This is a song from a very important scene in the movie. I'm sure you've seen it. Maybe you have, maybe you don't. Doesn't matter. But what Kathy said a minute ago, keep that in well, mind.
I still feel 